account-based marketing is not like, let's just focus on getting more of the same. It's really trying to create more revenue for the organization. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag one team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment and how it applies to you. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. And we're super excited today because we are going to get into the specifics, the details, really kind of dig down and actually what kind of tactics and programs can be executed to create expansion programs for a larger footprint. When you are trying to go into bigger companies, there's so many more business units. It's really hard to get in front of all of them. And there's a process and method to the madness. So we really wanted to expose this idea of account-based marketing. It's not just for demand generation or pipeline velocity. It really can be more towards like expansion. And that's one of the common questions we get. So I invited Chris Reen, who is the enterprise account executive at Terminus and had does a phenomenal job of it. But before we get into that, one of the things was very interesting because when we hired him, uh, I wasn't sure if we should hire him because he doesn't wear any <laughs> socks. Um, so before we talk about accounts and footprint, and let's just talk about your foot. Like, why do you footprint, not? Yeah. yeah why, why do you not wear any socks? Interesting question. I, I didn't know you were going to ask me this. So in college, I went to TGA, and in college, I ran a small business in Macon, Georgia, which is yeah. South Georgia, like 100 degrees every single day. And I wore full suits every time that I was in the office. So it was like midway into the summer, and one day. I didn't do laundry. It was like, I had like four pairs of socks and I realized that I had a choice of either wear dirty socks or don't wear socks. So I tried it. I didn't wear socks. Most liberating thing. And then it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. Man. So yeah, if if you want to- I wish I had a better story for you though. (laughs) No, that's good. I never asked you that question. And now on air, we're asking Now you know. All right. The more you know. more you know. So we're going to talk about the tactics and programs that we see enterprise account executives kind of over and over try to get into. And this is really trying to figure out how do we get a bigger footprint in a bigger, gigantic company? So we're going to go through a specific example. Uh, We're going to talk about tools. We're going to talk about programs. We're going to talk about tactics. And we're going to talk about results. And we're also going to talk about any lessons learned along the way. So Chris, why don't you just walk through the structure of an enterprise account executive team look like first and foremost? And then maybe we can get into more specifically what is that one company that you're focused on and the program that you're running. Cool. So we built out our enterprise program. Uh, We kind of put focus on it about six months to a year ago. Yeah. And uh, the structure is we have two enterprise AEs, an enterprise sales manager, and then one enterprise SDR. And then there's also some demand that comes from the rest of the SDR team. Yep. We have one person that's dedicated to me and Kevin, who's my counterpart. That SDR, Patrick, has 100 named accounts that were sourced by marketing on a quarterly basis Mm -hmm. and the fit intent engagement model. Mm -hmm. So 100 accounts that he's pursuing. And then out of those, there's eight that each me and Kevin co-work. And we take more of a strategic approach. So we look at partnerships. We look at executive connections. We facilitate kind of beyond just the volume-based play Mm -hmm. right within those accounts and help to coordinate the efforts. And then lastly, sitting above that is we have three to four strategic accounts each, right? So this is GE, this is Salesforce. These are opportunities we've identified that have a huge long-term footprint with enterprise licensing, but maybe not 
necessarily as much immediate revenue. So it's how can we effectively infiltrate and pursue those accounts? Love that. I think that structure is super useful for people to understand because I don't know if people recognize there's a whole team, right? That's this whole idea of this podcast or this series is hashtag one team. Yeah. So there's a whole one team uh, and that goes from SDR to AE to all the executives in the company to come together to help close the deal. So let's get into the specifics. What company are you going after? What are the specific tactics and programs are you doing right now? Yeah, so we'll talk about Salesforce specifically. So about six months ago, we decided that we wanted to, we have a few businesses within Salesforce today, and we wanted to expand to have a larger footprint. We think that it's right in our strike zone, great use case. We've proved out value time and time again. So we wanted to expand that. Within Salesforce, what's interesting from just a tactical perspective. So, you know, there's maybe eight different clouds and there's 30 different teams roughly that we've identified that probably could use the solution. Yep. But it's somewhat tricky to identify. So the first thing we did was an account mapping strategy. And this was super tactical, like literally writing down names and titles and drawing lines on a whiteboard of we think this person reports to this person, (laughs) this person runs sales cloud, but there's maybe three teams within sales cloud that we think this would be applicable for. So we just mapped it out and said, here's who everyone that we would want to pursue the solutions. We use LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right. We used Zoom Info a little bit. We didn't use any of their organizational structure stuff. I think Discover Work has a good solution for uh, structure, which we haven't looked at yet. But most of it was just grinding through LinkedIn and then connecting with yourself and others around what structure they knew of the Salesforce team. Awesome. So can you walk us through a program, right? A set of tactics, because it seems like it's a very well orchestrated and you got to have a very well orchestrated plan in order to really make sure that they can hear you. Because I think you you, you said that earlier, they're like, not just you, they're like hundreds, if not thousands of sales uh, executives (laughs) right now going after Salesforce. Who doesn't have Salesforce on kind of the logo out there saying, bullseye, that's what we want. That's in our strike zone. So what is the orchestration? What are you doing differently? We identified, you know, these contacts. And then we prioritized and said, here's about a dozen or 15 contacts we want to pursue. Right. That we think are, uh, most were director, some were VP level, that we thought were kind of the best fit that we should start this with. Okay. Uh, We worked with Thomas on the product marketing team to build a custom piece of content, Uh front and back telling stories of how we've worked with Salesforce teams in the past, how we were able to drive value, and then a quick blurb about what we do, and and then letting them know that we'd be reaching out. We had it printed on high quality. I think they were like $6 a piece or something for like one front and back from Kinko's or FedEx office. So it looked really nice. We put it in a mailer and overnighted them yep. to their offices. Everybody opens so overnight package that's sitting on the desk, no doubt. That's what we hoped. Yeah. So they then got the package. So that was FedEx and uh, just working with our product marketing team. Once they received the package, I managed all the follow-up. Normally we'd co-work with right. SDR, but we wanted to pursue this all with me. So we had a use sales loft primarily, mm-hmm. Zoom info for contact info for direct numbers as much as I could. Uh, we were calling, we were emailing, right. used Vidyard for personalized video. Right. And then we ran like a, th- probably a f- six week cadence, super heavy for the first few weeks, um, six week cadence into those accounts. Gotcha. So across the board, many different tools and, and online, digital, like direct mail, all of them kind of pulled together. Yeah. And, I, and then there was more. So that was kind of the direct efforts, but yeah. then we had the world's best digital advertising solution that all you guys should take a look at. If you're an enterprise, I'd be happy to speak with you. We use Terminus to kind of provide air cover into the Salesforce teams. Uh, We were using marketing was 
I think we cut off all marketing email into those accounts. I was doing some LinkedIn uh, in-mail messaging as well, so we could hit them there. One thing I really lacked on is social selling. Yeah. I wasn't doing a lot on the social front. Yeah. I should definitely get yeah, you know, more, more into it. Yeah. So going through it, what do the results look like right now? I mean, clearly this is a very thought out process, long drawn process, and also many tools and technology, but you're all doing this for like, you know, as you said, like eight accounts or something yeah. like that. So what do the results look like? And what's the timeline look like for all of this? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the reality is there's, you know, like your point, there's 1800 other sales guys yeah. pursuing the VP of marketing cloud at yeah. Salesforce, right? So I think it's naive to think that I can send them a mailer yeah. and they're going to open it and I'm going to send them an email and they're going to want to talk to us, right, right? right? So I think we looked at it from a perspective of, okay, well, hopefully we get some direct meetings from this, but mm. we need to create a dialogue within Salesforce and we need to continue surrounding them and effectively approaching them. One of the things we're thinking about today is how can we have better executive connections yeah. back into those. One thing with the direct mailers, we sent a handwritten note from our CRO yeah. to them that was personalized. Yeah. So as far as the outcomes, we've generated like five or six good opportunities yep. in the last six months out of the Salesforce organization. Right. You know, and then I know that it's helped with some of the teams that we're actively working with. Yeah. So it's just a process, man. It's a grind. Yeah. Like, so I think that's one of the things that we want to let everybody know. Like account executive, especially on the enterprise side, it's a grind. You just don't know when the things are going to work. And sometimes it just starts working. But a lot of times it's a long, drawn-out process and you just need to keep at it. Yeah, and I remember I sat down with Alex, our sales manager, like two weeks into the campaign. I was like, I've gotten like two no's and no other response. I was yeah. like, this isn't working. <laughs> he was like, come on, right? You know, let's be real. So that was where we kind of shifted and said, okay, well, maybe we don't necessarily get a meeting immediately, but we're yeah. driving the right types of conversations with right. these. And then we had some executive outreach and then we had Dreamforce and all different right. things. So we need to work on their time frame, not as not, much not them ours. on ours. That right? is such a big thing, right? I think people everything like, I sent an email, I need a response right now. And, and people start to overdo it. And that sometimes like it's a turnoff, yeah. right? So let's talk about like lessons learned. I mean, obviously the whole idea of this one team podcast right now is to help people understand how the structures work, how a company as one team can operate very effectively yeah. to get some results. Some of the results you just mentioned, like you're getting opportunities. We haven't seen the end of it yet and we're just going to continue to do that. So we're going to keep everybody up to date as a journey. So when you close something, we'll have you come back and talk about it. But what are the lessons learned? What are the things that you're learning through the process that you would do more of or you would learn something and say, we won't do that? So I think a number, I think number one is capacity. Okay. So I think that you have to think about how are you going to actually pursue these? Yep. And what's the tactical daily look like, gotcha. right? So yeah. I think that it made sense for how we're co-working some of these accounts. I think that's a really good model for us, yeah. Yeah. right? Because we've got Patrick that can run the volume and yeah. then I can come over top on ones that either it's objection handling or it's strategic or whatever the case is. And I think that's a better allocation of our time and resources. Yep. So I think the first is capacity. The second thing is I wanted to pursue like 40, Yeah. right? And then I sat down and, you know, it's like, all right, What's your actual capacity, right? Yeah. So it's thinking strategically about here's the right ones. And it has to be appropriate. Like this was yeah. an expensive 
resource intensive process. And yeah. it wouldn't make sense to do that for a company where there's only one opportunity for you know a low value amount. Yeah. I mean, it has to be these strategic high value ones. I love this, man. So to recap, like we really want everybody to recognize that account-based marketing, if you're doing that or thinking about that, don't think about it as just a like, you know, one thing or just in the demand generation phase. I think more and more companies who are trying to be smarter about their marketing and sales activities, they're looking at upsell, cross-sell, land and expand, which is what Chris just walked through, or pipeline velocity campaigns and all different stages. So account-based marketing is not like, let's just focus on getting more of the same. It's really trying to create more revenue for the organization. And some of that might mean working very closely with sales team on deals and bigger deals like just Chris talked through. And some of that mean that you might have to scale it and then play the volume game a little bit. But it's a combination of those two that makes it one team and really, really cool. So Chris, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. I look forward to the journey and see how you close more of these deals, Matt. Thank you. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.